on three, two, one. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. How have, uh, how has your summer been different this year with all the COVID stuff going on versus what you usually are doing with the judging? Um, judging wise, it's it's not a whole lot different right now. We're just hoping we get to have a season. Um, usually, I I round up on contracts, but I'm kind of waiting on those because you know we're kind of it's a real fluid situation. Um, Activities Association wants to hold as much of a season as possible. They're just not sure how that's going to look day to day and week to week. So right now, just kind of basically waiting. Um, we'll have a judges training here in August that I know they've said they're going to do virtual instead of in person in Pierre. So that saves me a drive to Pierre, which is much appreciated. But right now, nothing's really different. I just think this this fall is going to be really fluid with week to week and what's going on when. Yeah, it's, I know everybody's kind of waiting to see if they're doing in-person school and all that, what the schedule's going to look like. Harrisburg announced today their calendar, and I think they're planning to do in-person, but again, it's all fluid, right? It sounds right now like there's going to be multiple plans. You know, I think everyone wants to start back, but I think that could change day to day. You know, if suddenly you find out someone in the school's been diagnosed, you're going to have to change plans for the next day. Yep. So yep. I just I think it's going to be an on your toes thing. And I think it's going to be the same thing with cheer where, you know, if I'm supposed to go to Aberdeen or I'm supposed to go to Huron or Sioux Falls, if that school suddenly has a flare up or they're not in session, you know, I could see locations changing. I could see dates changing. I just think it's going to be a moving target this year. Yeah, for sure. A lot different no matter what way you look at it. Right. So how did you get into judging? Um, I had been involved in cheer since junior high, and actually it was my now husband who talked me into judging. He He's a wrestling referee, okay. and uh, there was a time when I was transitioning between living in Aberdeen and moving to the farm where I, I wasn't coaching at the high school level anymore because I had done that for, for a few years, but I was still coaching at the college level, and he said, well, he enjoys being able to be a wrestling ref and show up and be involved and see the kids and the coaches and then get to leave at the end of the tournament and not, not have the day to day commitment. And he's actually the one who talked me into deciding to officiate. I didn't know any of the other officials. I wasn't recruited by another official. It was my husband who talked me into it. And it's funny when the ADs figure out that we're a husband, wife, official team in different sports, it's, I think there's only one other set of like married officials in different sports and the ADs go, oh, I had the first one who figured it out, figured uh, thought we must be gluttons for punishment because he knows that being an official isn't the easiest job. But it is a way to stay involved, um, make a little bonus cash, but then not have the day-to-day -day stress of kids and school and programs and parents and the whole nine yards. Yeah, that makes adds up to a lot of stress. I know that for sure. It definitely can. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't aware that you had a lot of coaching background. Where did you coach? Um, I only have one year in sideline at Aberdeen Central, but I coached the Northern State University football and basketball cheer team for ten years after I graduated. Okay. Yeah. So I I've seen the high school with which you know. Just, just a little bit comparatively. I've seen the college. I've seen the officiating. So I've seen a lot of different sides of it. 
Okay. And how long have you been officiating now? I think 10 years. I'd have to check. I think this fall will be 10 years for me. Um, okay. I missed the first few years because I had actually been coaching sideline and then switched over to judging. So, okay. How has it, uh, how has it changed since you started? How has it not? <laughs> <laughs> it changes every year. Very true. Um, yeah. Not just the teams and the coaches. Cause I think unfortunately cheer gets a lot of turnover in coaches because of lack of experience, but since it's such a new sport, and there are a lot of different ways to approach it. The rubrics have changed. The score sheets have changed just about year to year. Even as a safety judge, which is my specialty, our tech sheet has changed. Not as often as the performance sheet, but this year we had another change. And last year we had some changes, I think, that didn't go over as smoothly as, as had thought. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing is every year it's something different. Um, I mentioned my husband does wrestling. They don't have new rules. <laughs> One thing might change, um, whether they're changing weight classes a little bit or changing their weigh-in procedures, but their actual rules as far as what's legal and what's not doesn't change because wrestling is an established sport, much like um, I also coach track and field. I'm the head track and field coach. Our rules don't change. <laughs> it's, it's always the races and run the same way and everything happens the same way, but cheerleading is so new that it has to evolve a little bit every year to try to find a system that works the best. Yeah, and I guess it's a lot more subjective than a lot of the other sports are. You know, a basket and a and basketball is always a basket, and a touchdown is always a touchdown, right? Usually. But being being a tech judge, it I compare it. I compare cheerleading to other sports a lot because nobody seems to understand what we do. So it's <laughs> like if you get called for stepping out of bounds in football or you get called for traveling or three seconds, those things start to feel more objective. And that's kind of what gets you into hot water as a ref. And since I'm the tech judge, the safety judge who takes points away, that's how I describe it to non-cheer people, is performance judges give the points and I take them away. That it, it brings up that same kind of thing where it, it feels more contentious just because of my role in the whole program. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's kind of like working in lost baggage. You're never going to have a good day because a good day is you not having to put anything down on your sheet, right? Right. I, I like those days, but then at the same time, I'm like, did I really do my job? Yeah. <laughs> like, was I really paying attention? Did I miss something? Usually it, I see that at the end of the year because most things have gotten cleaned up. Um, rule interpretations have gotten clarified, things like that. But it's nice to have those days at the end of the year, but I don't get those days in the beginning of the year ever. <laughs> Yeah, with everything changing, all the coaches are trying to figure out things just the same as the judges, too, right? Absolutely. And those rule books are not user-friendly. No, they're not. I know we've had a couple of discussions back and forth when I was coaching about how things read one way in one part of the book versus another, and it makes it challenging. Oh, absolutely. The interpretation is, is challenging at best. It feels like that book sometimes should be more of, okay, these are the things you can do rather than all the things you can't because it'd be a lot easier. Right. The last few years, they've they've started combining some of the rules sections and deleting some of the redundancy, which is helpful. Oh, yeah, that but would it, be nice. It, it, comes, it comes in the terminology. You know, the, the terminology, I think, is where I see a lot of difference, where one coach calls it something and another coach calls it something and 
I use the words in the rule book and they're like, wait, we didn't do that. I'm like, no, actually you did. <laughs> like I go back to the definitions section a lot because if you can understand the definitions, the other parts make a lot more sense. Yeah. Don't yeah understand that makes the sense. Terminology, then you're already lost before you read the ifs and buts in the, in the rules. Yeah. And if you go into it expecting that you're going to be okay with the, I guess, predisposition for being legal versus non-legal, you can read it one way because of the, if you don't have all the definitions right there in it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And I know we all have to read the rule book and take tests on it, but it's, you don't, it almost feels like as, as a coach and having been on the coaching side, like you don't have to know every single itty bitty thing. You know, if you're not doing a certain level of stunt, that section of the rule book doesn't apply. Yeah. So it, it's hard since as a judge, I have, I do have to know all of it. You know what I mean? So I'm constantly flipping in my rule book and marking stuff and highlighting stuff and circling things and then rereading and going, wait, did I read that right? Is that the right rule? So sometimes it, it feels scattered just to try to make sure that I am sticking as close to the rules as I can. Yeah. And I know you end up, uh, consulting with the other judges too to at least make sure that you're on the same page it's a little bit of a sanity check right right yeah like did you see what i saw okay yep. yeah and are you reading this the same way you know if you have somebody come up and challenge you then you have somebody else kind of the back you at the, the meet as well right absolutely yeah and you do some judging for club stuff as well right it's not all just school uh usually school but i have done the occasional here and there when they need to fill in, um, usually on performance. I think I've judged performance with you a couple of times. Um, I have done the safety and the tech judging too. And that is a whole nother world. I mean, I know it is, but it's just a whole completely different, not just set of rules, but set of terminology and, and set of expectations as well. Yeah, I've, I've got limited experience as far as the judging on that side too. And But yeah, it's you've got a lot more complexity there because you've got the different levels of what people can and can't do. It's not just one general rule set right. for the whole group or whole competition. Well, you have less disparity once you start looking, you know, level one, level two, level three. Those, those all of those athletes have a specific skill set. Whereas a, a high school team is going to be from I've never cheered before in my life to I'm on three club teams and this is like my off season. <laughs> So you get you get such a wide range of skills in a in a high school team and usually a lot less experience, which leaves more room for error and inconsistency if they're not at it as long. Yeah, or potential safety issues if you don't have a, a well-built program and well-coached program, right? Right. Well, and even with the, the club stuff, you know, a level three team is only going to do level three stunts, right? They're not they're not trying things that they're not used to. They're usually not attempting things they're not ready for. It puts them in more of a similar avenue versus got this team, you know, where I've got girls doing forward rolls and I've got a full layout, you know, at the same time. I'm going, wait, what? What's happening? I can't watch all of these bodies at once. But it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but I, in the, the few times that I've safety judged club, I've had less deductions, it seems. Uh, more minor technical things like not as far, not as, not as major as like a safety or a technical stunting deduction, which are the bigger deductions. Yeah. So with the high school score sheet now, is it more 
oriented to where a certain judge judges a certain part of the routine or are all the judges still like for the performance side judging the whole routine as a whole entirely? Um, we haven't had our stuff this year, but from what I gathered after advisory last year, each person is still judging all the different aspects. You know, all three performance judges will still judge tumbling and they will still judge stunting. Um, there's been talk of categorizing it, but we haven't, unless they've made changes that I'm not aware of, which I would find out, but I don't think we've made that move yet. It's been part of the discussions, but we haven't made that specific move yet. I know I've done a little bit of both, and I guess I prefer if you can focus on one portion, you know, the, the pyramids and stunting or the tumbling. I find that easier because then I don't have to try and focus on as much of the routine and I can do a better job, not just judging, but also adding notes for improvements and that type of thing if I'm not having to focus on the entire routine. From a judging standpoint, I think it would be like you said, more, more beneficial because you could get, you know, it's a breadth versus depth thing, you know, instead of covering all of it a little bit, you can cover one section much better and more clearly. But I can see also from like a meet arrangement standpoint, you know, if I'm an AD, it's hard enough for ADs that are unfamiliar with the sport to get 10 judges and have six performance, you know, three dance, three cheer, two to three to four safety judges without putting us in places we're not comfortable. But if you were a performance judge tumbling, you know, he only needs one of those, but he's got to figure out which person is that one person, you know? So yeah, I could totally. see the logistical argument too, where if we want this to be user-friendly, since it's still fairly young sport in South Dakota, the more yeah, user-friendly for those that are unfamiliar with the sport, the better. So I can see both sides of it too. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about that side of it. Yeah, I'm sure that that could it could make it more difficult because one, you may not have too many of one type of judge and may not be able to find another one. Sometimes it seems it's a bit of a fruit basket upset. Anyway, we get to a competition and someone says, well, I'd rather do dance and can I move to cheer and I don't do safety. <laughs> and you have, it's, it's, you have everyone switching fruit basket yeah. upset. And then most ADs are okay with that, but some are like, no, I hired you for this and you're just going to stay there. Like, sorry, you're just going to have to suck it up today. It kind of depends on the day. It kind of depends on what's going on, but I can see where they would be stressed too, you know, especially for a lot of sports like, you know, football, basketball, you just hire the crew. Yeah. Like you three, four, five guys always work together. You've got it down. You know, your roles, boom, like we're done. But having to hire any discussion about doing something like that with the, the cheer and or dance judging? Not that I'm aware of. We start to get a little bit like that later in the season, but I think a lot of it has to do with mileage and traveling. Mm. Um, yeah, especially for me, I'm in Northeast South Dakota, but I will judge from Pierre to Harrisburg and all points in between, you know, but that's because there's not as many safety judges and I think they're kind of stuck sometimes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> having to go with a couple of us but it, it does start to be where you get comfortable judging with other people more easily because you start to develop you know like for a safety judge we pick certain parts of the floor to watch we pick certain boundary lines to watch sometimes you might say well I'll watch the stunts you watch the tumbling you know trying to get eyes on everybody and yeah, once yeah. you've worked with someone enough you can pick up on that and you just know oh yeah I've got left front and you've got right back, you know, or I've got tumbling and you've got stunting. So some of that really just develops 
even though we don't get hired that way, it starts to develop that way later in the season. Makes sense. You build, develop some chemistry with the people that you see more often. Yeah. Makes sense. What's the toughest thing for you to judge? I don't know. I would probably say performance because I'm a safety judge. <laughs> but it it comes to the point where, and you, you've seen this as a, a coach too, you have 26 girls in a square doing 26 different things. So for me, it almost becomes a volume issue. Um, some of the, I don't do, I used to do some of the smaller competitions and they usually have smaller teams, but if, if I'm the only safety judge and I'm watching 26 people, if I don't have a partner, I just, I just am going to miss something. It's just going to happen. Or, you know, sometimes I've deducted for a stunt saying they didn't have contact, but they did, but it was on the other side, but I didn't see. And I just say, I'm really sorry from where I was standing. It didn't look like she had contact, you know, there's not a lot I can do about it. It's, it's a lot like, um, there's no instant replay, you know, in basketball or football and you say they're out of bounds and the coach says, well, they weren't here. Look at my iPad. And you say, well, we don't do instant replay. Sorry. Like I just got it wrong. And, and sometimes that happens. That's probably what bugs me the most. You know, I don't want to, I want to do my job as well as I can, but I don't want to take anything away from someone. I mean, these are just high school kids and for the most part, they're working their butts off and they want to feel successful. They don't want to get in trouble for not holding hands in a stunt or not having a body where they needed it. So when I, when I do get things wrong, I feel pretty terrible. So maybe that's the worst part is, you know, dealing with when I realize I have made a mistake. Yeah, and I like being the, the tech judge too. It, it's one of those where it can feel like from the kid's standpoint, like you're out to get them to from oh, yeah. to a certain aspect. And so I, oh, I'm yeah. sure it's tough from that standpoint too. Oh yeah. I, I, I exaggerate and say, you know, I don't make any friends when I go to competitions, but it's, it's not that bad. I just, it's almost like some of them are afraid of me, you know, <laughs> like they see me walk by and they're like, oh no. But I remember that feeling too, when I was an athlete, you know, you knew who the safety judges were and you were like, oh great. Like <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the safety judge not being near you means that you're probably not in trouble if you're always nervous about it, being in trouble if if they come by or look at you extra long or something like that. Right. Have they ever considered doing any sort of video or replay as far as judging goes? Like if there's some sort of challenge that, that you could go back and look at? Uh, not during the competitions that I'm aware of. That's usually my joking threat is, oh, you want to use instant replay? Well, let me look at your routine again. You know, and, and nobody really wants that. I mean, I don't want to nitpick it and, and coaches don't want me to look for the mistakes, but sometimes we do get um, questions beforehand or a video sent in to the activities association that'll come out, come out to me and, and other safety judges and say, is this legal or not? Um, I judge, actually I judge in North Dakota also. And okay. they do, they do two state competitions. They've got a winter and a spring or a fall and winter, depending upon how you split up the season. And they'll they'll submit videos. And the night before, I look through the videos just to make sure that they're okay. But we've not, we're not talked about having instant replay at the competitions, but we do do some 
almost pre-approval, you know, where I look at something, but then I, it's tough because I say, okay, it, it was legal here, but that's that's the really hard part is sometimes the difference between legal is this or this or this, you know, this this might be legal, this is not, and it's a difference of two inches. Yep. So I, I try to qualify those things and say, you know, as it was shown here, it's legal because you all have coaches do that too. They'll pull me aside at a competition and say, hey, can you just watch this quick? And I'll say, well, that was legal, but, you know, yeah, doesn't make, watch it, out doesn't make it always legal. It's That's where the execution and the technical judging comes in is it can be a difference of a few inches or a placement or just someone's eyes being focused or not on their stunt. And those are really minute differences that you can't ever predict are going to happen in those two and a half minutes on the floor. Yeah. Well, and I know for college nationals, they they do submit videos of their, their skills beforehand to verify that they're legal as well. So it's interesting to hear that you kind of do that with North Dakota, you said, right? They, they yeah. turn those in. Yep. If they have questions, they turn them into the the judges coordinator up there. And then I come up the night before and she'll show that she doesn't usually have a lot, but she'll show them to us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or usually they're legal. Um, I think North Dakota's program is, is in its fledgling stages as well. They don't have a full fledged season like we do. So usually the skills aren't quite as challenging and they're trying to do more with less bodies, a lot like some of our smaller teams in South Dakota do. Okay. So has there been any talk? Would do you think it would be easier to have something like that going into like the the week before a state or the week of state teams submit their routine because by then it's probably pretty polished so that way you can verify that there's no legal issues or have you seen enough or and they've gone through enough by then that you don't think it would change a whole lot? I don't think it would change a whole lot. Um, especially by state, the differences we're seeing is, you know, a stunt that falls that hasn't or somebody that didn't make it to their spot on time or somebody going out of bounds. Those things that once they get in that kind of supercharged atmosphere, it's like they lose lose focus on some of those small things and just things go bonkers sometimes. And that's that's really what I end up seeing by the end of the season is not we just threw an illegal stunt. It's, oh, you didn't make, you know, the spot didn't make it to her place in time. Mm. or I, I have this internal dialogue when I'm watching and I'll be like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. <sighs> you know, like there she went, like now I got to write it down, you know, or you see someone on, a, on an edge, you know, and you, as they're running around from a tumbling pass and you're like, don't step out of bounds, please, please don't step out of bounds. Like, don't make me do it. <laughs> it's, it's more of those things we see at the end of the season because we've cleared out most of the other ones. And you guys typically as tech judges, try and avoid actually being on the floor. You guys are just working from the side, right? Yeah, absolutely. It would actually be a safety issue to be on the floor. Um, yeah, is, I wonder if that's why I know when I, I spotted a few competitions at Minnesota when I was up there and it was definitely one of those where you come out and then you're trying to avoid being in the way, getting back off the floor too. I wonder if that's why that's never become a thing in South Dakota. It's from the safety aspect that becomes more detrimental than helpful. Well, becomes, it's almost a pet peeve of mine. Like, you know, I've seen it in other competitions and stuff, or even I'm supposed to have, or I want that space outside the boundary line. And some gyms don't have a lot of that space. And I'm thinking if I don't have room to stand, what happens if someone comes through here with a tumbling pass? You know what I mean? Or what if a stunt comes down and I'm just, 
I try to look at a lot of the facility and just try to make sure that before they start, things are okay. Because I think if I'm uncomfortable with the space or with the border or how close I have to be to them, because I don't ever want to affect their performance, right? Um, I try to make a habit of even when I see a tumbling pass come at me, I try to shift out of their line of vision because I don't want them to come out of a tumbling pass and like see a person you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I should never be the distraction. I don't ever want to be the deciding factor, both while they're performing or with my deductions. Like, I don't ever want to be the determining factor in any of that. You know, they should, they should get to stand on their own merit of what they do. And I'm the adult. I should get out of their way. You know, this isn't about me. I'm the judge. I should blend into the background if I do my job correctly. So. Yeah, be more of an observer than a participant, right? Yeah even if it's a passive participant. Absolutely. Sounds good. Um, let's see here. What is, what would be the best piece of advice that you could give to a new judge just starting out as far as in order to be successful, what would be the top thing that you would tell them? Ask questions. Um, Nothing we do as adults is really individual. You know what I mean? It's the best way to learn is to actually do it and actually ask questions, in my opinion. Um, I've helped try to mentor some new judges. You know, I've helped try to bring people in and you're always a little insecure. You know, you don't, like I even said, you know, I don't wanna be the one that changes things. You know, I don't wanna screw up. You know, that first competition of the year is usually messy and I get nervous too because I don't feel sometimes maybe like I'm ready because I haven't seen it yet. I haven't done it in the year. But asking questions is a big thing because you can see things differently. You might miss something. You might not know exactly how to interpret the rule, but just asking questions and then that's how you, you learn. You have to learn by doing it. Admit that you don't know everything and be willing to, to take advice on things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, with anything, that's how you get better. Yeah, true. Is it? Well, in your opinion, would it be harder to come in as a new judge being a performance judge or a tech judge? I think it depends on the person. Um, when I started, I thought I was going to be a performance judge. And I did some performance judging my first year. And then the, when I first started switching over to safety a couple of times, I was really nervous. Um, but and as far as asking questions, I worked with Sue Cronkite a lot who safety judged every year. She's now retired, but I work with her when I go up to North Dakota still. And she was wonderful, um, showing me things, helping me figure out where to stand, what to look for, and answering my questions. And she made me feel a lot better about it. And then I was like, oh, okay, like she kind of gave me that confidence. Okay, I can do this. And even if I screw something up, she helps me learn. So by asking those questions, I was able to gain confidence. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with the performance table. Like <laughs> I belong on the other side of the mat. I see. Uh, do you learn a lot then as well during your summer training, coaches training? Is that you pick up a lot of good things as a new judge there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've done a couple different things in the past. Usually we have some veteran judges present some things. You know, I've presented stuff. We have to go over all the new rules. But probably what's most helpful is, and I don't know if we'll get to do it this year, being doing this by distance. But a lot of times teams will come either with one or two, especially for dance, to demonstrate dance skills. So instead of just reading on a paper, you see somebody do it. 
or they'll demonstrate the difference between some of the minute differences as far as in turns or where their head goes and how that affects difficulty. And they'll do the same thing with cheer. They'll bring in a couple stunt groups, you know, for teams that want to come and want some of that feedback and they'll show us things and we can help them. And they also help us because we get to see it. And when I'm judging, it's a lot easier to see it than to try to interpret it in the rule book. Um, Usually what happens when I'm watching and I don't see the say, I don't get to see the pretty part, right? I don't get to see the front side with all the beautiful formations I'm down on the mat, so I, I see all the, I don't know, I see a lot like an athlete would. But I'll watch things, and I'm not us, I'm not watching for this specific illegal stunt or that one, but usually what happens is I gasp, like, <gasps> right? And then I go, and I, I start making notes about what was happening and how many bodies there were and what they were doing so I can go back and check to see if it was legal. Because if I gasp, it's probably unsafe, <laughs> If I was scared someone was going to get hurt, it might be illegal. That's usually how I go as I go, oh, what was that? Like, I'm really glad she didn't fall because there was no one to catch her, right? And then I go back and I look and it's not, it's not so much that I'm out there like waiting for them to do this certain stunt without a spot, right? Or, or she's not going to connect her hands and I can deduct points. It's more like, oh, they just threw her in the air. She didn't have a, she didn't have a bracer. Oh my God. Right. Is, is she okay? You know, is, is that legal? And I have to go double check. And it's, it's more of seeing those things and, and wondering where they fit in the rule book. And that's easier than reading the rule book and then trying to apply it. You know what I mean? It's, mm. I might, I maybe work backwards, but for me, it's easier to see it and interpret it and then find the rule for it. Versus reading sense. the rules and figuring that out and then trying to apply it. I maybe go the other way, but. I know people look at me funny, even other coaches and stuff, because I have all those mini heart attacks whenever I see a stunt that's like going wrong. Right. And like I'm like grabbing people or trying to dive for the floor because <laughs> I think that somehow miraculously I can get there before they hit the ground. And I think that's still the the athlete and the co-ed stunter in me that wants to right. always get on whoever's coming down. And I, I call it the mini heart attack. And especially early in the seasons, you see that a lot where it's, <gasps> yeah. And it's usually, they're just trying to throw stunts. They're not ready for yet. Um, you can tell which teams progress throughout the season and change their routine. And then you see the ones that they're throwing the same routine in August that they are on in October. It just, yeah. it was a mess for a month. Cause sometimes I'll write down, I'll, I'll be like, I, I don't know what they were doing, <laughs> you know? Cause they, they didn't execute or something came down and they didn't connect. And I'm like, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Cause they're just, they're just not there yet. And that's usually the part where I go, okay. So a bracer didn't go up. So that makes both of these illegal. And I'm like, oh no, like I write these storybooks on my sheets trying to explain what happened to the coaches and I'm like well if this didn't go up and they didn't connect I'm like ouch you know because the point deductions hurt I know they do but I also like I kind of compare myself to a police officer right like the police officer doesn't set the laws or the speed limit they just give you the ticket you know and I'm like hey I didn't make the rules I I just checked a box like I'm sorry (laughs) Yeah. So it definitely helps in your experience too. the teams that'll start out a little bit easier to build some of that confidence and then work up from there. Oh, absolutely. You know, the progression before or perfection before progression, you know, nail this smaller stunt before you start throwing single leg stunts with twist ups and baskets and just working up to that bigger routine. 
as opposed to being messy until you can get there. Yeah, and that's that would be one of the biggest things, at least in my experience, that South Dakota looks for is more clean versus super difficult skill level, especially at the beginning of the season. Would you agree with that? Is that kind of the general mentality? I, I think so, especially with the perfection before progression. Uh, the way the rubric is set up, it's it's equal points for difficulty and for execution, you know, on the one to five scale. So they're they're weighted the same. But if you throw a level five skill and it doesn't happen, <laughs> you know, you might get one point. So you you get six points in that category. Where if maybe you threw a level three skill, you know, difficulty three skill, but you you executed it, you got a four or a five, now you're getting seven or eight points. Yeah. You know, so it, I do think it balances out that way if if you're playing the numbers game as a coach, trying to figure out how to get the most points. Yeah, yeah, and that's I know when we talked, I talked with some other folks, they say eventually you get to where you're not going to get any more points by adding more difficulty. So at some point you have to kind of tell yourself that there's no need to continue doing it and add that risk of the execution deduction. Right. If you had to tell a team or a coach that you were going to be judging in the future something that would help them be successful with you judging them, what would it be? Read the rule book. <laughs> uh, that sounds really basic. And I know understanding it is a lot harder than just reading it. But sometimes it's hard because I'll, you know, I have to, I get frustrated as a cheer judge because I have to cite the specific rule, right? In, in football or basketball or track and field or wrestling, they don't have to say, like, that's rule 3.5A through C, right? They just say you're clasping or whatever it happens to be. So I write a rule. I try to write an explanation. Sometimes I have to, like, I'll get an email asking me to explain it, and I'm like, but I, I did. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it to you. Like, someone needs to hold her feet. Nobody held her feet. Like, eh. <laughs> So a lot of it is is rules interpretation, and that's frustrating for me when I'm like, but I gave you a rule. Like, did you look back at the rule I told you to look at? Because I can't explain it any better than the rule book did. Yeah. So. What's the biggest thing that you usually get challenged or questioned on after the, after the fact? Everything. <laughs> it's nothing um, that sticks out. And, you know, it changes year to year the the kind of infractions I see on the stunt side. Um, it used to be, you know, having the right number of, of bracers for a flip. But then some of those things change. And then, you know, the position of the bracer. You know, we used to deduct a lot for braces getting bracers getting inverted. Well, we deducted a lot for that. Now people don't do it anymore. You know, they know they can't drop their head down. So a lot of that, it, it seems like it's almost something new every year. Or, or our interpretations of the rules change slightly, or they just start taking things out. That's what they've done the last few years with inversions is taking out some of those safety nets. Now you can do just about anything as long as you aren't like head down, headed for the floor. Like <laughs> just okay. about everything else is legal as long as you're not, you know, shoulder with shoulder height or above and headed towards the floor head first. You know, you can do a lot of things at a higher level. You just have to have the right number of people underneath them. So it seems like it changes every year. It used to be signs. Oh, my goodness. It used to be signs. Stepping on signs, throwing signs. 
Yeah, it feels like in my what I've seen is a lot of teams have gone away from signs or doing anything in the air with signs for that reason, right? Because they don't want to take the risk. They say that's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually had people say like, well, you used to deduct us for these signs, so we just don't use them anymore. And I was like, what? Just don't (laughs) step on the signs and it's not a problem, right? Like they're not a Frisbee. Don't throw them at the performance judges. You'll be fine, (laughs) right? But then you see the big teams, you know, big teams, a lot of overlap with the clubs and they've got, I tease some of the the coaches, right? They've got two megaphones and they've got a giant flag and they've got three sets of signs and two sets of palms. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do you have any more, like props make me nervous because I'm watching them, right? Yeah. Please don't step on it. Yeah. Don't step on it. Don't drop it the wrong way. Don't hit somebody with it. Yeah. Please get your palms off the mat, right? Like just throw (laughs) your palms out of the way. Like I, I don't want them to have those piddly deductions but I'm like oh like your eye goes to it yeah like, yep. like a bow or a shoe or you're like oh please please don't step on it <laughs> yeah yeah I know a little bit about stepping on shoes right yeah try not to <laughs> yeah and if the shoe comes off throw it off it the mat throw it off the mat so that way more people don't step on it right it's not illegal to throw it off the mat that would you're be something I want I wish coaches knew like even a bow, like pick it up, get rid of it. That's not a deduction. I was going to say, do you get a deduction if you pick it up and move it? No. Okay. It's only if you step on it that it becomes a deduction? Right. Okay. And I didn't know that until just now. I thought, well, you'd take at least take the one deduction and for touching it and picking it up and just throw it off the floor and then just be done with it. But Well, it would be like a sign, you know, you throw your signs off or you... Gently place them so you don't frisbee them off the mat. But yeah, it's and apparently that's different in club or all star. I've had some coaches tell me, "Well, you can't do that in club," and I'm like, "I don't know. Like, get it off my mat. Don't step on it. Don't get hurt." <laughs> yeah. Well, you can here, so do it. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm an I'm an old school coach too. When you talk about having a lot of props, I'm I like the the UCA style, the clean collegiate look where you have some of those props but it's all really clean it's picked up and disposed of really cleanly and it looks like it's on purpose and yeah so you don't end up with the anxiety of well is somebody going to step on that or did that get thrown in the wrong spot so that's definitely different from coach to coach and judge to judge as far as like how much anxiety it gives you i'm sure right Bows and shoes and palms and signs give me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> for the kids' sake, you know, it's like, I don't want to deduct you for stepping on a sign. Like, please don't step on a sign. Yeah. Just move it far enough out of the way so you don't. Right. Makes sense. Um, changing the subject here a little bit. What's the craziest save or craziest cheer story that you have? And it could be your experience when you were an athlete or a coach. It also could be something that you witnessed judging. Um, usually I don't see too much craziness in judging because by the time they get out on the floor, they've the craziness happens in practice, right? The craziness happens when you say, look, I found this on YouTube. Let's, let's do this, right? Let's try um, it. I did. I felt so bad. I did stop a routine once for a girl who went down after a tumbling pass and didn't get back up. And they, so they get the chance to redo it. Well, that girl was fine. I don't know. But since I stopped it for her, she couldn't perform in it again. 
But apparently there was another girl who got hurt, but was like sucking it up and I didn't notice it, but then she couldn't go on. So now suddenly this team is performing again, down two girls. Hmm. But that's just like one of those weird coincidences. Yeah. Um, Coaching in college. A, it was a lot of fun, right? Um, I had some pretty small squads and I had some girls come in with almost no experience. And I had some girls come in with a ton of experience, but, um, we have this stunt and there's a group I'm still friends with most of these people. They're like adults now. Right. Cause this was a while ago, uh, called the Superman stunt. It's not good. <laughs> um, it was probably more accurately Spider-Man, but if you can imagine, and it's an, it's actually illegal, but catching somebody coming down from a fully extended stunt by ankles and hands and her nose is about this far from the ground. Uh, she didn't get hurt, <laughs> but, but to this day and every once in a while, one of them will send me that video or it'll get shared on Facebook. Like, do you remember this? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she, she was coming down and I was, I was trying to catch her and you know, that never works, right? As a coach, you think I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to catch her. That doesn't happen. Like hardly yeah. ever. Right. And she came down right in front of me and somehow they, they grabbed limbs and not her torso and her torso was within six inches to the ground. And at wow. the college level, you know, it's hard to earn your respect. So we were practicing in the hallway. So it was a cement floor. Well, I'm really glad they caught her, but yeah, Superman was, was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I bet. Had lots of concussions and some really nasty black eyes, but usually those are the things you see in practice. So I don't see those as a judge. You yeah, know? that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, if I ever did go back to coaching, I think anymore at this point, I think it would probably be at the collegiate level. I just there's so many more things that you can do, right? Rules wise at that level, and then as well, you can also expects more out of the athletes because by then they're in college should be able to consider them adults and have to not that I've had any serious problems with parents overall but you can expect to not have to deal with the parents as much or tell the athletes that you're not going to deal with their parents and you want to deal with them directly it was actually a lot of fun you know coaching at the college level because you see these girls and you if you even if you only practice we only practice twice a week you know, they were not scholarship. There was, it was, they're literally just there for fun. Yeah. So you get a handful of girls that really want to do it. And, you know, I've, I've mentored some of them. I've, I've been references for some of them. I've referred handfuls of them for jobs. A couple of them are still coaching at the high school level. Uh, I've got a couple here in South Dakota and I've got one in Colorado that's coaching at the high school level. Um, one of my former college cheerleaders married my brother. <laughs> so so I've made a lot of connections and it, it ended up Funny. turning out really yeah turning out really well for me so coaching at the college level I think is a lot of fun especially because they are older and you get to you end up helping them with a lot more than just cheer you know yeah. you help them with their major or, you know they need advice on something or you help them write a paper or whatever and it, it seems to be a lot more person to person because you don't have some of the other piddly things that you sometimes have to deal with at the high school level yeah. And I think it's really cool when you get to see somebody that you coached go on and coach. It mm -hmm. feels a little bit like a, a 
parent kid type thing where you just feel proud that you were able to help develop that. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. Um, actually, when I was coaching at Northern still, one of my girls was coaching high, the high school cheerleaders in Ipswich. Um, so I, we brought them in. I brought in her, her squad because I had a really small squad and they performed together and they did a halftime routine together at Northern in front of a college basketball crowd, which as a high school student, I think would be really cool. Yeah, that would but be because, cool. Yeah, but because I had that connection with her, we were able to put twice as many girls out on the floor, put on a little better show, and give them a really cool experience, too. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one last thing here. Do you have any shout-outs that you want to give to anybody out there listening? Um, officiating is a bit of a thankless job. <laughs> so... <laughs> To all the other officials and to uh, Joe Auk is our person at the Activities Association, and she she is awesome helping us through our seasons every year. But the big thing I would say is, you know, someone who maybe has coached or has cheered in the past looking for a way to still stay involved should consider <laughs> deciding <laughs> to be a judge because it is actually a lot of fun and you do get to still stay involved. Nudge, nudge, Dan. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a good. I know we've had that discussion before. Well, you, gotta, you <laughs> probably have to wait about two years, but yeah, I forget what the year limitation is for being out of it. But no, it's it's a good way to stay involved and not have to deal with some of those things. And and for me, it feels like giving back. You know, I cheered in in high school and college, and you know, I still coach high school track and. It feels like a way to give back to kids and try to give them those experiences. Help develop the sport some more. Absolutely. When I was in high school, we had competitions, but they weren't sanctioned. It wasn't a sport. There wasn't a season. We just had a couple that the Coaches Association would put on, and I thought those were great. You know, those were highlights. Those were fun for us. Yep. And to try to give, you know, you've always got that is cheerleading a sport thing. <laughs> that I love arguing against. I'm really good at yeah. arguing. But this gives them a way to validate the thing they do. You know, everyone's got their thing, whether it's art or drama or sports or school or whatever. And this gives us our way to give those cheerleaders and dancers their thing. You know, they can earn letters. They can earn all state awards. They can win a state competition. And it seems yep. to help validate what they do. Yep. Well, it's definitely a sport. I tell people all the time it may not have been a sport. 25 30 years ago but it's changed and it it is now one of one of my favorite things i started developing a tradition when i was at northern for our i hate winter routine i would get some football guys to kind of moonlight with us right they would come learn some stunts man it was a lot harder than they thought it was <laughs> yeah they would come in thinking like oh i'm this big college football player this isn't a big thing and they would leave practice just exhausted. And they kept saying, this is so hard. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Tell your friends. Like, yep. and it, It's one of those eye-opening experiences for a lot of people who thought that, you know, it's easy. And I'll be like, yeah, you throw a football, it's this big. Try throwing a person. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is definitely a sport. And it's definitely a challenge. And I don't know feels good to give back and do something and stay involved and agreed i enjoy it agreed well and it's good to get to 
have people that have experience around as well. So that way we can continue to move that forward, right? Absolutely. So, well, with that, I think I will give you another cheers. Thanks for coming out again. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll be able to have you on again in the future sometime. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Dan. Yep. Yeah, thanks.